Welcome to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. Welcome back to another episode of the show. Today I'm going to talk about elementals, what they are, what's the difference between us and them, uh, what kingdom they live in, and how to connect with them if you're interested. If you haven't already, visit my website, exploreyourspirit.com. Sign up for my free newsletter and subscribe here to the podcast, whether on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find me, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. So let's start by talking about humans. We're interesting because if you've studied with me in the Mystery School teachings, you know the first two questions that I ask any wisdom student is, who are you and why are you here? Because you have to understand those two things before you can go any deeper. The question, who are you or really who am I, is to understand yourself and connect with yourself at the soul level. Meaning not just you, the personality known as you that's in this current incarnation, but who are you throughout all of your lifetimes, your higher self, your soul, who are you comprised of all of those things? And then you can answer, why am I here? Which means, what purpose did you decide to incarnate in this particular lifetime to learn, to work through, to overcome, to master, to define within yourself? These are the reasons you come back. As humans, we're complex in that way because we're given free will. We set an intention every time we come back down into a physical body of what we're going to do. And we create that by putting karmic markers uh, in our aura. These karmic markers are little imprints that radiate energy and they attract certain people, places, and energy and experiences to us. And we change that each time we come down because we are in a constant evolution. As humans, we have not evolved yet into what we are becoming. So we are in a constant state of flux. We are here to live on the earth plane where it's supposed to be chaotic. It's not supposed to be easy. We're supposed to be learning and growing and that involves change. And for most of humanity, once we get down here, um, we tend not to like that so much. So we have to have uncomfortable things happen to us in order to provoke us to change for the most part. And then we get confused when we come down here. We get confused about who and what we are. We are not our physical body. Our physical body is the construct that transports us. It's like saying when you get inside your car that you are your car. You're not your car. You're the driver of the car. Your soul is the driver of your body. You will get into your car and when you get to the destination your final destination, you leave the car. You get into a body to go on a journey, and when you're done with the journey, you leave the body. So when we get confused down here thinking we're the physical body, we forget that when our journey ends, our body dies. And we can get too hyper-focused on the body. How does it look? 
How do we decorate it? How do, how do we use it? So we can get too caught up on the body where we forget that we're supposed to be working on our spiritual body. And the difference is when you die, your body dies, it decomposes. There's nothing you can do to keep it going. But when you work on your spiritual body, it lasts forever. And this goes up into your higher self and into your Akashic records. And you can download this information over and over in each lifetime when you learn to connect with your higher self and understand who am I and why am I here. And that's what the Akashic records, the Akashic plane of existence does. That's what its purpose is. It holds knowledge of all things from the past, present, and future. So we understand a little bit about humans that we're here to change and grow and evolve. There are other beings as well that engage on the earth plane. Angels are one of these. And I'll talk about angels in another podcast because that's a big conversation. But for the brief point in this conversation, angels have a purpose. They know their purpose. They're true to their purpose. And they do what they do. And elementals kind of fall along in that same way. There are four type of elementals I want to talk about that connect with the earth plane, especially. And they work with the elements of earth, air, fire, and water. And the elementals that we describe working with the element of earth are gnomes. And the elementals that work with the element of air are fairies. The elements that work with the element of fire are salamanders. And the elementals that work with water are mermaids. So elementals don't reside here on the earth plane. This is where they come to work. This is their job. And then when they leave, they go back home. So they live in a different plane of existence that we'll describe as a mental plane. It's very constructed um, with thought forms and very defined as a mental type plane. And these thought forms that they construct over in that plane are what they bring onto them into the earth plane. And the fairies do this to work with flowers and plants. The gnomes do this with crystals and stones. And the mermaids do this with water and the salamanders with fire. And of these four, three of the four are very consistent. Earth, air, and water, very easy to find here on Earth, right? We're made of a lot of water. There are huge bodies of water on Earth. We're also, we contain all these elements within us, earth, air, fire, and water. And of course, there's a lot of Earth here, and ground and stone and stability and air that we breathe in, the breeze, the air that's here. But fire is the most volatile. There's not a lot of fire just coursing through the earth. We have light, but that comes from the sun. It's directed to the earth, but it's not on the earth. The closest we get with fire, naturally, is when there's a lot of disruption underneath the ground and lava comes out of a volcano. There's a giant explosion and that lava bursts forth uh, in that heat and that uh, 
oozing temperature of lava like fire. The other way fire is created is, again, if something touches down to earth, like electricity, hitting wood and catching it on fire, or when we create some type of irritant. If we pour gasoline or something, a combustible, on something that's flammable, we can create a fire with, a, with a, again, the strike of a match or a lighter, something combustible that makes the fire. Or we create an irritant that makes something burst into flames, like rubbing two sticks together until they, they finally do. It takes friction. It takes an irritant. So fire is the most volatile. And as we go into deeper lessons and I talk about magic and the different types of magic that are associated with the elements and the elementals in the future and a future podcast, you'll see that. That's why people that have fire magic are the most rare and the most volatile because it takes a whole different skill set to do fire magic than any of the other ones. So elementals determine the properties of things here on earth. They decide this will be a red flower and it will have this scent and it will grow the best in the soil and it'll bloom at this time. And they are creating and following this blueprint that was created in the mental plane around the earth of how things would grow and be and do and how they would look. They are thought forms in their own way created on a different plane to then drop down energetically into the earth plane and touch on these blueprints, make sure they're in good working order and that they continue. So the fairies check in with the flowers and the plants. The mermaids check in with the water and the different types of water and a pond or a swamp or a lake or an ocean or a river. And they check and adjust the pH balance and what is required to make the water flow. Elementals like this move back and forth between the spirit planes and the physical planes. And they're always checking about the etheric balance, the aura of each of these things in order to create the etheric blueprint and they keep it going with those thought forms. So the gnomes are always checking on the crystals and the stones and, and what, what's going on on the earth. And the salamanders are checking on that rare elusive fire energy in the volcanoes, in the hottest places like the desert, in the areas where friction is needed. With the salamanders, it, it requires energy to create this heat. It's the same thing that requires energy to create light. Something has to burn, just like the sun or electricity. And the difficulty with holding fire energy, whether we use it within ourselves, because we are comprised of earth, air, fire, and water, and the fire in us is that spark. And if we're not careful, we can burn up too soon. We can use too much of this etheric energy and wear ourselves out. This is where that old saying comes from, are you burning the candle at both ends? Are you using too much too quickly? We all have that light, that spark within us, and we have to learn how to balance that energy with the other elements within us. We can look at this astrologically and see how much of each element that there is in our sign. Are our planets more earth, air, fire, water? Uh, and we can 
look at as well, you can look at a person and tell many times what type of energies that are the strongest within them magically and which they're the best at. If you're a fire energy, this is going to be easier for you because you have excess energy and fire. So what's your challenge then? Your challenge is that you need focus or otherwise you're like a wildfire. Fire is physical. It's connected very much with the physical body. And so if you're a fire, a strong fire element, and you connect with fire elementals, what's most important for you is how you act and react in your physical body. And your actions are the most important. If you're an earth element most, then you're very grounded and your energy comes from what you have planted within. And then when the light connects with you, it grows from within. This is like planting seeds in the earth. And then as the sun comes out and it warms the ground, the seed germinates within where it's carefully planted. And then when the time is right and enough light and heat is produced, it blooms and comes forward. This is from the mental field. This is mental energy. So you sow what you reap. So the first was physical and action for fire. For earth, it's your thoughts. What you think about, you create. What you sow, you reap. Or if you're not grounded, you create earthquakes, tremors, and you're not grounded and at rest. If your strongest element and your strongest connection elementally is water, then your field is emotional. And if you're a water element, your emotions are what allow you to distribute light all around you. You work in your emotional field. And so you must have control of your emotions in order to let them flow through with the right channels, with the right energy. Or otherwise, they're going to cause floods and people will drown in their sorrows, both you and the people around you. So it's very important that you understand your feelings. This is what you portray the most. You're portraying your feelings just like an empath who can pick up on all those feelings and can produce all those feelings. You can affect people very much with your emotions and the way that you project your feelings. When you're in balance, the light shines across the water and it looks like that when you see diamonds in the water. And when you're at your best, you soothe, you heal, you're playful, and you lift the soul of others. If you're mostly an air energy, you're connected with spirit. And so when air meets light, it carries words spoken from the breath. This is what's most important for you as an element and as an elemental connected in this way is what you say. Words spoken from the breath. So the power of words with an air person hurt people the most and they hit them the hardest. You can break someone's spirit with your mean words. You can cut and slice and hurt someone and wound them deeply. You can destroy their heart and their mind and make it very difficult to be repaired. When you're not conscious of your words and you're angry or you say things with 
bad intent, you are a tornado. You are the energy of air. And you can create dark clouds of energy that can whirl into storms and tornadoes. When you are in the light as an air energy, your words can be gentle, like a soft, cool breeze. And just as soothing. So when you're a fire, you can be explosive. And when you're water out of balance, you're like a hurricane. And when you're air out of balance, you're like a tornado. And earth out of balance is like an earthquake. So the earth is always showing us, depending on which things are happening in the world, what we call natural disasters, the earth is always showing us which one of these elements and elementals are out of balance, which is caused by what we're doing. So are we hurting with our actions, our emotions, our words, or our thoughts? We are connected to the earth and the earth plane and what happens on the consciousness grid here. And everything that we think and say and do and feel has a direct effect on the world. And when a lot of us agree to think about these things in a similar way, we're even creating that greater on the global consciousness field. And it begins to have a reaction and create thought forms that turn into stronger bits of energy that have a direct effect on us here on Earth. So like I mentioned, your astrological sun sign and your rising sign give clues to your element that you resonate most with. Or you can also look at your chart, and if you have a lot of one or two types of elements, those are probably going to be the elements that are the strongest for you. For a lot of people here in the world, we live in a lower chakra energy a lot of the time, where we're dealing with ego, and we have to work hard to rise up out of this energy. It takes work to bring out and create light. Something has to burn and yearn for it to occur. It takes our longing to want to work and reach upwards into the higher chakras, which then lifts us higher into the light. It takes work to be in the light, and it takes more effort to hold that light in the higher planes for any length of time. Once we learn to do this, though, we're on the beginning steps to becoming a light worker. As I mentioned in my previous podcast, a light worker's job is to transmute darkness into light. A light worker doesn't stare at the dark or simply observe it. A light worker plunges in to help, and this means they will endure pain and hardship and trauma and come through it all with wisdom from the experience. They are the guiding light bringing out others from a dark place. They are shining in the darkness and showing others how to live. Darkness isn't always what we describe as evil. It can be rooted in fear or anger or ego and anxiety and depression and even laziness. It can just be really when we live in fear, not love. Because the biggest difference between dark and light is how close you are living in fear or in love. This means with your thoughts, your words, your emotions, and your actions. There are two opposite ends of this. When we're in fear, we're in our shadow self. We're in the darkness. And we're living in our lower chakras and our ego is the master of what's going on in our life. When we live in love, we live in our higher self. We live in the light. 
we're in our higher chakras and our soul is the master of what's going on in our life. When we think about this with the elements and the elementals and how we can use this energy within ourselves to help us on our growth, we can then try to connect with the elements and ask the elementals to help as well. If you're connecting to fire energy, you're a walker. You are taking action and using movement of the physical body to walk it off, to remove it, to let it go, to shape shift in order to transform. If you're working with earth elements and elemental energy, you are changing. You are there to make a big change. You are there to move mountains, to be the change and to hold that energy, to ground it, to stabilize it and create that new firm foundation so something new and beautiful can be designed and created first in the mental constructs and then brought into being. It's holding the vision and allowing it to become. If you're working with the element of air and the elementals, you are a lifter, a power lifter. You are rising above. You're not being held down by anything. You are lifting out of your lower self and into the higher planes, the higher realms of experience, into a lighter, brighter way of being and understanding what it's like to be in the light and to be playful and fun and laughter and understand that sound and words and everything with the breath changes all the energy around you, whether it's music, whether you play a bell, the sound of your voice, the focused breathing, conscious breathing that you do, you are lifting energy when you work with this element. And when you work with the element of water and the elementals of water, you are shifting energy. You are moving it and transcending it. It can go quickly like the rush of a water from a waterfall or the strong waves in the ocean are softly like a little ripple in the brook or movement in the tide pools, moving across very placid like in a lake, holding that emotion and that energy and letting it hold that space for those that need to come at it softly and deeply and helping it remove and be washed away like tears, washed away like the fast-moving streams or the ocean with its salty water, cleansing and clearing, making room for new, allowing the depth of understanding and compassion to then help the person move forward and transform into the next stage of being. This is the gift that the elements and the elementals do for us in the higher realms. This is why all these things are created in nature, to work within us, to connect with those elements within us, to help us to have these tools to transcend and evolve. When we step into our higher beings and we're reaching out into the Akashic records and that layer, that plane of existence, we are exploring the deepest mystical nature of our being. We are seeing who we truly are. We are in the magic. There's, there's 
a chemistry that is reported that says what we're comprised of as human beings. And I think it's something around 72% water is what we're made of. And then the other elements that live in us are about 12% earth and about 6% air and about 4% of fire. And that other 6% is spirit, the soul, the, the etheric, the ethers that live within us. We're kind of made of a formula like this. And that 6% that is spirit gives us mastery over the elements. So when we really reach into our higher self, when we really advance and we live in the higher chakras and we're able to access our Akashic and to be in tune with our higher self and to know who we are, we then develop mastery over this so that we can focus and connect with all the elements and with the elementals to bring about deeper understanding for ourselves, for others, and for the world. These are literally, these are literal precious gifts, jewels of nature that are given to us for us to be able to learn and to grow and to help and to heal and to transcend, to transform and to evolve. When you're doing work and you're trying to connect with the elements and the elementals and you want to go out in the woods if you're trying to connect with the fairies into a garden or in the mountains to connect with the gnomes or by water with the mermaids. Any, the salamanders are the most challenging, but usually if you're by a bonfire even, they will be attracted and come in the night to the fire. There is old magic associated with this, which always we are supposed to be at an our element as well. And that is our body not being restricted by clothing. And in today's world, that's just pretty hard to do anywhere. You know, to be nude and to be walking around like that. And it's been that way for a long time. So what the second best recommendation is for everyone, and you'll still see this if you see the robes of a monk or you see other cultures, in the temples and what they wear, go back to the togas of Rome, the loose-fitting clothes of Greece. It's loose clothing, and because it's recommended to have space between your body and your clothes. So this is as close as you can get to being naked to connect with the elements and, and the higher planes, is that there's a gap between you and your clothing. So... When you're in your tightest form-fitting clothes, you're disconnecting yourself from your higher self. You are disconnecting yourself from your higher form and for the space for the etheric energy in your aura to actually swirl around you and uh, to connect and make that connection. So when you're trying to practice this work, do your best not to wear any form-fitting clothes. So when you do this and you have loose clothes on, then you want to focus on your breath and you want to think about how things feel. And then you want to direct that breath inward and outward. And as you breathe out, you visualize your breath changing and becoming one with the element of air. And as you breathe in, you visualize the highest, clearest, best 
oxygenated air you could breathe in. And as you release, you're blowing out your highest and best energy as well. It's like a meditation, which meditation is really an, an attention to something. It's being able to be in the flow and to focus on one thing and to not be distracted by light or sound or movement, anything going around you. It's about being focused and in touch. And then you can become aware of the elements. Your breath has you become focused on the element and elementals of air. When you drink something, you are then focused on the element of water. When you ground into the soil or the sand and become rooted in this way, you connect with earth. And when you fill that spark within and you get excited and animated and you have that energy that wants to do, you are connecting with fire. Now, when you do this, it's important to understand that elementals like angels have very specific jobs to do. And they come out of their homes on the other plane, drop down here to the earth plane to do their work and make sure things are looking good in the etheric blueprint and things are operating as they need to. And they don't always have a good opinion of humanity because humanity gets in the way very often with messing up this blueprint uh, with pollution, with overgrowth, overpopulation, overbuilding, destroying natural resources, being too greedy, not thinking about a balance between nature um, and living here on earth. And so the elementals get really angry. You can imagine if you went to work every day and you're trying to do your job and then at night someone kept coming and undoing and messing up and making things worse every day. And each day you had to report back to work and you're doing your hardest when someone's really deconstructed it as much as they possibly could the night before, you probably wouldn't be a fan of that person at, at your office. So they have really detached themselves really from wanting to connect with humanity at all. It's rare they find someone who's respectful. So the best way to ever connect with an elemental is not to go looking for them, but rather change your energy and let them find you. So as you change your energy, you attract them, which is good advice for everything in life. Rather than chasing anything or hunting for anything, change your energy, raise your vibration to the frequency of what you're trying to attract into your life and then allow it to come. When our thoughts are in love of nature, it boosts the energy within us with that respect and that love and that appreciation. And this boosts the energy of the elementals and they feel their work is easier. And when we are shining with that vibration in that light, then they're attracted to us. This is why more often they see children or come to children. There are uh, sacred times where you can see them more easier. Uh, the portals every day are sunrise and sunset. That's kind of when they come in to the light and when they exit through the light. And then there are bigger portals like the equinoxes and the solstices with especially midsummer being a very popular one for the fairies. And if you follow the elements like this around the clock, you'll see certain elements and elementals have times when they're stronger. Spirit moves very easy through water. And one of the most uh, 
special ways to really connect with the essence of the construct of their portal is dew drops. If you've ever woken up early in the morning and seen dew drops on blades of grass or leaves, those dew drops can be captured in a little glass vial. And if you capture enough of those in there, you will hold the essence of kind of the key to those other planes. And some elementals are a little easier to connect with than others. Gnomes are like engineers. They're very, very focused. Their job is so important. You know, the thing about an engineer's work is it is so important, but you don't notice it unless something goes wrong. When an engineer builds a rocket and the rocket takes off and does its thing, no one really thinks too much about it. But when that rocket malfunctions and crashes, everybody thinks about the engineer. Gnomes are the engineers of making sure the world stays in the state it's in, that it's solid and grounded and constructed well as a foundation. So they really don't want to be bothered. They really are very set on their work and want to stay focused on it. Well, fairies will flit around more and they're spreading that energy, they're more likely to engage. But they're a different type of fairies. And just like anything else, they're some nice and some not so nice. So you really want to be careful. The best way is to leave them an offering in your garden with a little bit of milk, honey, or a little tiny little piece of cake. Um, that's the best way to see if you can even get a conversation started. Mermaids are kind of like dolphins. If you're lucky enough to have one appear to you, it's like a magical moment. You can't really hunt for them again. They find you. And salamanders are just elusive. You're better just trying to connect when you see lightning. But again, be careful. You don't want to bring that too close to you. It's very hard to challenge that energy or to bring it close to you in that way. So most people do more of a meditative through candlelight to connect and to send energy in that form or to ask for our energy for a very specific reason, such as to help to burn something when you're looking to release something and turn it into ash and to let it go. So it's more calling for a specific task than it is palling around with that elemental. The time has flown. Here we are at the end of another podcast. I've only just scraped the tiniest surface of elementals and explaining a little bit about who they are and what they do. Before you go trying to connect with them, though, there's really a lot more to learn because you have to have a lot of respect. Like anything that lives in, in the different realms, they aren't human, so they don't operate by our rules or even what we think is right or wrong. They have very different constructs and beliefs, and so it's not something that you tread into lightly. This is why so many fairy tales have been written trying to warn people of these things, trying to explain there's more than what meets the eye. There's more than what you think you see or don't. Just because you can't see it does not mean that it doesn't exist. This is um, was proven with germs. There were doctors who argued that no such thing existed until microscopes were invented. There are so many stories about these elementals in so many different cultures around the world for thousands and thousands of years. 
And that's one thing when you look for universal truth, you'll see stories about it repeat over and over. There are other beings out there as well. Again, not anything close to human. Some that engage on the earth plane as well. These are part of the mysteries that we look at and work to unravel and to understand a little bit more each day. I hope this was a good introduction for you, though, just to learn a little bit about elements, elementals, and also how you can connect with them within you and how what elements you are the most made of, how that affects you as a creator here in the world with what you do with your thoughts and your words and your actions and your feelings and your your emotions and what kind of world are you creating by working on these to keep them in balance and at their highest level or out of control where they're doing damage to you and to others. This is part of the ancient mystery school teachings. And as you can see, we call it peeling back the onion where you then go layer by layer deeper into the wisdom of this, where you understand what it's doing to you at an alchemical level, at a soul level, at a consciousness, subconscious and higher consciousness level and how it's affecting you and your world. Thanks for being with me again. This is Kayla Ambrose, your travel guide to the other side. Come visit me at exploreyourspirit.com. Subscribe to my newsletter and my podcast. Give me uh, a rating if you don't mind. I would appreciate that very much. Share this podcast with others that you think might enjoy it. And always, always wishing you all the best.